0: Host Consuela Mackey, Co-host U.S. Air Force veteran Matt Davidson. Announcer Taylor Marcella. U.S. Army veteran and strategies for hope segment host Dr. Kathy Cash. U.S. Army Reserve Veteran and Entertainment Segment Host Charles Whitehead. U.S. Army Special Forces veteran and I once was whole segment host Richard Cook. U.S. Army veteran and Lifeline for Women's Veterans, segment host Martha, Elena, Varela, National Faith Director, Chaplain, and Veterans in Recovery, segment host Anthony Akempora and U.S. Air Force veteran and incarcerated to success, segment host Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org.
1: Operation Confidence is a grassroots nonprofit. The organization's mission is to provide stable housing for veterans who have experienced homelessness, as well as providing a wide range of supportive services. To help accomplish our goal, a successful landowner has donated land for the project, a world-renowned architect has offered to design the houses, and construction classes from the local community colleges will take part in building the houses. Your support and donations are needed. To get involved, please visit our website at www operationconfidence.org or email info at operationconfidence.com.
2: Okay, well, thank you everyone, for tuning in to Americans Invisible Heroes. A show that is dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, Executive Director of Grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. No, I'm not a veteran, but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially veterans who are disabled and may have experienced homelessness. For those who are new to the show, American Invisible Heroes was established to provide a platform for our veterans to be able to share their experiences, heartfelt stories, resources, challenges, and accomplishments. Now, allow me to introduce you to our co-hosts for today. We have U.S. Air Force veteran Matt Davidson. He's also the board member vice president and is a co-host. U.S. Army Reserve veteran Charles Whitehead. He's a board member and a co-host as well for our entertainment segment. Uh, Taylor Marcellus, board member and I'm one of our announcers. U.S. Army veteran Kathy Cash is not here today, but she represented by a new guest, and her segment is called Strategies for Success. We have U.S. Major General Anthony Smith. He has a bi-monthly segment called Can't Keep a Good Man Down. And then we have U.S. Navy veteran Calvin Poole. He has a monthly segment called Blind Veterans Helping Blind Veterans. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Okay, first of all, Operation Confidence and our American Invisible Heroes team like to give honor to our Hispanic Heritage for the Spanish Heritage Month that began Thursday, September the 15th. And we're going to take it away to you, Matt. And then from there, we're going to let Martha tell us some, some more information about the Hispanic Heritage Month. Take it away, Matt.
3: Okay. Usually when you're talking about veteran suicide rates, it's not a pleasant topic, but there's been a slight change that shades some sunlight on it. Uh, According to the VA, the veteran suicide rate has decreased two years in a row, marking the fewest veteran suicides in a year since 2006. This is according to data released Monday by the Department of Veterans Affairs. The VA's National Suicide Rate Prevention Annual Report, which compiles its data on a two-year lag, revealed there were 6,146 veteran suicide deaths in 2020, 343 fewer than in 2019. The average number of veteran suicides in a year also had a small decrease from 17.2 in 2019 to 16.8 in 2020. This year's report shows real progress, but there is still so much work to be done. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough said in a prepared statement, one veteran suicide is one too many and VA will continue to work with our federal, state, local, and private partners to tackle this problem and save veterans' lives. The report breaks down the method of suicide as well as the gender, ages, and ethnicities of veterans who died in 2020. The VA said that from 2019 to 2020, suicide rates fell across all racial groups. For female veterans, the suicide rate also decreased 20.3% lower than in 2019. However, a study called Operation Deep Dive, which was released Saturday, reported a 37% higher rate of veteran suicides. And what the VA has reported previously. The study was conducted by America's Warrior Partnership, a suicide prevention group that contracted with the University of Alabama and partnered with Duke University to gather state provided death data. The group also coordinated with the Department of Defense to uh, collaborate military affiliations. Researchers for the study, which was funded by Bristol Myers Squibb Foundation, worked to get the specificity of each descendant, demographics, military experience, and death details. Camera Campbell, interim executive director at VA's Office of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention, said people are talking about mental health more freely Our top leaders, including our president, our VA secretary, our undersecretary, they understand mental health and the importance of helping to support this office to get the word out, she said. And public understanding of it continues to increase. The VA's next step to continuing combating veteran suicide aligned with its national strategy For preventing veteran suicide plan, which was implemented in 2019. And the White House is reducing military and veteran suicide strategy. So there's work being done. They're trying to get the the numbers down. Um, One thing I I also read in another um, periodical was that uh, suicide by firearms is, is down, but being replaced by drug overdose. So that's something else that the VA is going to have to get a handle on. But wow. at least it's being worked on, and um, it's not being pushed under the rug. People are right. looking at the problem. And uh, I think that it'll get better before it gets worse.
2: Right. That was a good, good um, message, Matt, as always. You do an excellent job. Thank you so much. Uh if any at least it's going down. So right. you know, and that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Because it was out of control there for a minute. Yeah. hmm So anyway, Matt, I know you have to leave. We wanna yep. thank you so much. and We'll see you at the next board meeting and then from there the following day.
3: You got it.
2: (laughs) Okay. Thank (laughs) you so much. Give my love to Ann. I will. Okay. So
1: Martha, it's on you, girl. You got it, Connie. What you didn't know about Hispanic Heritage Month. Each year, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th, by celebrating the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. The observation started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week under President Lyndon Johnson and was expanded by President Ronald Reagan in 1988 to include a 30-day period, which started on September 15th and ended on October 15th. It was enacted into law on August 17th of 1988 on the approval of Public Law 100-402. The day of September 15th is significant because of the anniversary of independence for the Latin American countries of Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their Independence Days on September 16th and 18th, respectively. Also, Columbus Day, or now that we've heard it referred to as the Day of the Indigenous or Dia de la la Raza, which is October 12th, also falls within the 30-day period. Here are some other interesting facts on Hispanic Heritage Month, courtesy of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at Georgia Regents University. The 15th was chosen as the start point for the celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month because of the anniversary of independence of five Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile also celebrate their independence days during that month. As America's largest growing ethnic group, about 60% of people of Hispanic descent have type O blood compared to 45% of Caucasians and 50% of African-Americans. Type O is the blood hospitals need most. I actually heard something about that recently about um, when people who have different types of blood need blood transfusions for whatever reason that they can use the type O blood. Um, But interestingly, I don't have that blood. Anyway, with 329 million native speakers, Spanish ranks as the world's number two language in terms of how many people speak it as their first language. It is slightly ahead of English, 328 million, but behind Chinese at 1.2 billion. The term Hispanic was first adopted by the United States government in the early 1970s and has since been used in local and federal employment, mass media, academia, and business market research. It has been used in the US census since 1980 because of the popularity of the term Latino in the Western portion of the United States. The government adopted this term as well in 1977 and has used it in the 2000 census. There are 1.1 million Hispanic veterans in the U.S. Armed Forces. The term Hispanic originally denoted a relationship to Hispania, more commonly known as Portugal and Spain, and the people colonized by those two countries. According to the 2010 census, Hispanics accounted for more than half of the growth in the United States population between 2000 and 2010. The U.S. is the fifth largest Hispanic country in the world. The majority of the U.S. population is Mexican-American, followed in size by Central and South American, Puerto Rican-American, and Cuban-American. Spaniards are believed to be the longest continuously established population in Europe. Hispanics are not a monolithic group. Some Hispanic subgroups have remarkably few characteristics in common. Various subgroups reflect great differences in ethnicity, culture, origin, and can cover the racial spectrum from white, African-American, Asian, Pacific Islander, and Native American. Hispanics are a mix of European, African, and Native American peoples. The Chicano movement was a civil rights movement that, was start, that started by looking for the restoration of land grants. The movement expanded to encompass Mexican farm workers' rights, enhanced education, voting rights, and political rights. Compared with non-Hispanics, cancer rates among Hispanics are lower overall and lower for the major sites, lung, breast, prostate, and colorectal. Well, that's interesting. The Hispanic family is a close-knit group and the most important social unit. The family usually extends beyond the nuclear family. Hispanics usually take, usually place great value on appearance as a sense of honor, dignity, and pride. Religion plays a significant role in the day-to-day life of families. More than 90% of the Spanish-speaking world is Roman Catholic. Augustine, Florida, and Santa Fe, Mexico were Hispanic cities founded before Plymouth, Massachusetts. 70% of the Hispanic population lives in just five states, California, Texas, New York, Florida, and Illinois. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo signed February 2nd in 1848, officially ended the Mexican American War. And the term Hispanic and Latino tend to be used interchangeably in the United States for people with origins of Spanish speaking or Portuguese speaking countries like Mexico, Costa Rica, and Brazil. And it's difficult sometimes I think to remember um, given the diversity within the Hispanic Latino community um, that Hispanic is not a race, but an ethnicity. So it's sometimes easy. And even for us within the culture, um, it's it's not always easy to identify. Like if a person is from Guatemala or Honduras or El Salvador. So it's it's always safe just to ask. You know, are you a Latino? Um, Although everybody tends to ask others if you're Mexican, and I am Mexican. So I wouldn't get offended. But if I wasn't Mexican, and you asked me, maybe some others would. So it's always just good to ask. Um, And Latino seems to be the umbrella term. That's the safest term to use. Age is also a big thing that plays into identification. Um, You know, for example, my mother in her in her 80s does not identify with the term Uh, Latino. She doesn't understand what that means. So she, she goes by where she was born and that was Mexico. So age sometimes is also a way to, to gauge, you know, what term you might want to lean towards using. Um, But when in doubt, it's always just safe to ask and people can explain. And it's interesting even for me, you know, and like I said, I've grown up around a lot of diverse uh, ethnicity groups and and i being here in California, being introduced to more, more groups. And it's even, confusing for me so it's it's completely understandable for others to to just not know and again because we do come from such a diverse group of people right we are mixed with afro caribbean uh right african you know african in general um native That's american why right. i mean there's a so it can be hard to tell and and like i said given age and country of origin and all that other stuff, it's it it can be confusing. But this was a very interesting article, Consuela. Thank you for, for pulling out some of these facts and um my pleasure. Yeah. If we take pride in
2: our Latino brothers and sisters, including you. <laughs> <laughs> thank,
3: you. thank you too. I appreciate that uh, article. Oh
2: yeah, it was wonderful doing the research. I learned so much as I was researching so we'll uh gonna move right along here it's on you charles and on me it's on it's me
0: on taylor
2: oh i'm sorry Duh.
4: <laughs> 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 okay so u.s navy veteran calvin Full is president of the tennessee regional group he joined the u.s navy in 1976 and completed his enlistment in 1982 as part of the U.S. Navy Construction Battalion, the Fighting C.B.s, Selected as the Recruit Chief Petty Officer, Calvin led his company to win the Brigade Award for the Most Outstanding Company. Currently, Calvin dedicates his resources and time to getting blinded veterans from his regional group and other local citizens involved in both adaptive sports and arts and crafts through partnerships with other nonprofit organizations. Some of the geographical areas in which Calvin has influence with veterans include northern Mississippi, eastern Arkansas, and the western portion of Tennessee. Calvin credits BBA for being instrumental in his personal and professional growth, and he encourages blinded veterans to join the organization, remain active in their local regional groups, and experience BBA's Operation Peer Supportive activities. His guest today is Ms. Monica Gilmore. She is a retired U.S. Army veteran and lives in Knightville, North, Car- North Carolina. As a former sergeant, Gilmore continues to serve in various aspects for veterans. Her military occupational specialty was an 88M transportation instructor stateside and a third country national escort gunner in Iraq. She completed a deployment in Iraq from, or excuse me, from 2005 to 2006, in which she was injured by an improvised explosion device that caused a traumatic brain injury and blindness. As a retired veteran, she continues to be very impactful nationwide, bringing awareness to volunteers and their families of the various resources provided for them. Ms. Gilmore is the former district Three director in Women's Veteran Group, Chairman of the Blinded Veterans Association, and Ms. Gilmore has represented um, as a BVA Ambassador for Project Gemini Blind Veterans United Kingdom, currently an active member of several veteran service organizations and serves on the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Working Group Stakeholder Board for the Department of Veterans Affairs. She enjoys motivational speaking, songwriting, singing, adaptive sports such as kayaking, golfing, tandem cycling, no skiing, hiking, and scuba diving. With a bachelor's of science in healthcare administration, Ms. Gilmore uses her expertise to advocate for the health and wellness, or for the health and welfare needs of all veterans. Take it away. <laughs> I think there may be pictures to follow. But yeah. while we're pulling that up,
0: take it away. With...
4: Oh, you did? Cool.
0: Oh, we gonna, you know.
2: Well, let's have Miss Gilmore to talk first. Yeah. Welcome, Miss
4: Gilmore. Welcome, Miss Gilmore. Have Gilmore. A very
2: impressive back track record. Very much so. Well, thank you everyone for having me today. Our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about you. What you're doing? I know your picture is going to come up soon.
5: Yes. Well, I am an, advo- an advocate for all blinded veterans. I started my advocacy work when I became a blinded veteran um, after I um, had progressed through rehabilitation. And one of the main organizations that helped me um, get through my rehabilitation and learn further resources to help other blinded veterans or the vision impaired. Um, veteran community was the Blinded Veterans Association. As time has went on, I have um, I served as, as you guys just heard, on several different aspects for the um, Blinded Veterans Association. That has allowed me now to um, do a lot of things locally and and nationally with different communities, um, bringing awareness to blinded veterans and all veterans with disabilities. So I share a lot of resources advocacy work from addiction to blind rehabilitation centers, um, just about anything, even dealing with mental health. And um, and it's all to collaborate and serve the main mission, which is to make sure we can help our visually impaired veterans and all veterans um, through whatever resources that, that are out there. If we know them, my main key is to also just to just to share and bring awareness to those things. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm also very involved into adaptive sports. Um, sorry about that. That's my talking watch. From whitewater kayaking to golfing, um, those are my two key sports. To 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 skiing, um, I share a lot of different resources with other nonprofit organizations that can help um, veterans, the veteran community, get out there and live life to the fullest. Um, Just because we might have some type of, I don't like to say disabilities, some type of differences or um, difficulties, we're still able to live life to the fullest. And that's what it's all about. Um, That's what I do. Uh, I am a motivational speaker. So I go around telling my my testimony. I don't call it my story. It's my testimony. from what um, my faith has allowed me to overcome and and now live out, you know, to help others. So that's me, Monica Gilmore. Well, you have an
2: impressive track record, Monica, and we're looking at your pictures now. Can you tell us if your uh, visually
5: impairedness came from being in the military or how did it happen, maybe? Yes, yes. my
4: vision,
5: yes, I became visually impaired by improvised explosive device in Iraq. Oh, Um, so that was the trauma that incurred, you know, this 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 difficulty that I have, these issues, these health issues that I have. And so mm-hmm. through rehabilitation, it was tough, of course. That's realistic. However, um, going through several things, life changes from a divorce, being a single mother, um, dealing with all those issues. I found the blinded veterans, I was connected with the blinded veterans association, who I mentioned earlier, um. You know, helped me to get through rehabilitation and and set forth, you know. Um, and and it gave me a sense of sensibility that I knew that I could overcome um, just about anything. And I tell veterans that I come across that maybe dealing with dif- difficulties in their life, that they are overcomers. They can overcome anything. They just have to put in the work, put their mind to it and just be grounded, just be dedicated to doing the work. That's so amazing. I see
2: that you ski as well. You have to come back and show us some of these, the videos mm-hmm. of some of the activities yeah. that are happening with our yes.
5: Some of the, those pictures that I sent you are from advocacy work. I have some pictures with um, our, our former congressman here Well, I went to a banquet and got our veterans um, involved with a lot of community work here in North Carolina. And one of the events our, our former congressman, G.K. Butterfield, was at, I have um, pictures of events where I've taken veterans up to Crested View Adaptive Sports Center during COVID to get them out the house, um, get them moving again. Um, that was carrying, wonderful. Um, skiing, skiing trips. um yeah, a lot, and a lot mm-hmm, And kayaking. Yeah, We're, I see the kayak. Yeah, isn't that now, amazing? Um, yeah. <laughs> Now I'm kayaking with a local group um, called Bridge to Sports here in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, they share a lot of resources nat- nationally too through the MOVE program. And um, right. just very, anyone can get out there and, and and do these things. And and a lot, I can say a lot of the organizations that I'm affiliated, affiliated with, they do recommend that um, they serve the families of these veterans, not just the veterans. Make sure their families have the resources That can help them because, as you do know, we all know that a lot of our Vietnam veterans just do not have the resources or know the resources that are out there to help them. And that ends up when we don't share these resources, that increases homelessness. That's right. That increases um, addictions and them not being able to get help. Um, You know, so it's very important. I don't take what I do lightly, it's nothing that was given to me, nothing that was taught. It's just a mission that I feel that um, God has put me on to help others um, that have helped me. So that's my way, this is my way of giving back to my to the veteran community.
2: You're just amazing. We're just so yeah. thankful to have you on and to be able to share your story. Uh, I would like to send you an email through uh, Calvin just to let you know what we're doing and hopefully I'll get your support as well. We're- in the process very, 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 very close to opening, opening up our our um, housing projects. So we love to have you involved in that as well as Calvin, for sure. Awesome. Uh, we have a lot of veterans that will be able to get employment uh, through our program as well, especially if you wanna provide services for our blinded veterans, that's so important. Because I have an extensive track record with uh, advocating and dealing with people with disabilities, and technology has gone so far now for some of the yes. amazing equipment that allowed an individual who's visually impaired to leave, live a very active life, which your pictures showed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really yes. congratulate you, Calvin. You got some input over here, my friend.
6: Yeah, I, I would just want to add, Consuelo, that can you get in front process. of the
2: camera you're over here too far the, the, the other way. no the other way a little bit more <laughs> to your to your right. left to your left left
0: that's
6: all right <laughs> that's okay <Kevin. laughs> but, but in, in, i i just wanted to add and thank monica for coming on and sharing her story and this month of October is Meet the Blind Month. Mm. This month is pretty much set aside for uh, Meeting the Blind. And this month, we are going to have um, a couple of events. One event is going to be in Lubbock, Texas on next ooh. week. We'll be uh, doing some uh, equine therapy. ooh we And then following week, we'll be in Nashville doing Adaptive Sports Convention and uh, um, Introduction to Adaptive Sports. Mm -hmm. Following week, we'll be in San Diego, California, competing in a triathlon race, a one-mile swim, Mm -hmm. 10-mile, 44-mile bike ride. Ooh-wee. Also, Mm -hmm. this year in August, Consuelo the board of directors for the and the members for the Blind Veterans Association uh, voted to allow low vision veterans to join our group. Okay. Um, we hope that would impact our membership a great deal. There's a lot of veterans out there. In the past, the criteria was you have to be 2200 in your better eye to be able to join us. But we changed that now to allow low vision to join. So if there's any veteran out there that may they meet they need our assistance, please go to bba.org and look at the application and fill it out. And we're also uh, looking for auxiliary members, family members of blind adventure that might want to join the auxiliary group. We're we'll trying extensively to try to deal this membership up and get the word across the country <laughs> that there, there's no need of sitting at home in the dark. Let's come back to the light and live. Thank you. Oh, that is
2: so amazing. Well, we got to have. I want to talk with you more about what we're doing. We have a big event coming up. And I'd love for you to be a, one of our speakers via no Zoom. Problem. Yeah,
6: okay. no
2: problem. You know it. That'd be great. I want to share that with you. But thank you okay. so much. Now, you have another guest up, Kevin.
6: Well, the other guest is Harris, Harrison. She was here on the last meeting, and she came back because you asked her to have a little more information about the dog Yeah, side. for sure. Um, so, but John, if you want to say anything about the um, sighted guide dogs, yes, um,
7: I just was elected as the chairman for the Blind Veterans Association of the Dog Handlers Committee, um, and that's an appointment I take with pride. I, had, <sighs> I lost my when I lost my sight in the military, um, just like the rest of us, I was denying my issues and I had a 200 I had gone through a divorce and was a single parent and my son was really active and he was a he was um f- embarrassed by the cane so I went to die, the die dog school and I got a dog and his name was Nico um Nico, okay Nico yeah his name <laughs> Nico. and unfortunately Nico um he developed a genetic issue at age two we found out so at age four he had to retire but Uh-oh. those dogs they become the attachment you they become our hearts of course so I kept Nico and then this past May 11th Nico just lost the, the use of his back legs and we had to put him to sleep mm. so um, what type of dog was Nico he was a yellow lab oh okay he wow. was a yellow, I... it was afraid of water and couldn't swim <laughs> would... <laughs> you, then that's why I that people think all dogs can swim and they cannot. No, uh,
2: I had yeah. a, 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 what was it, a, a West Island White Terrier uh, who I consider my best friend, Jackie. And Jackie had that same problem. Look, he became paralyzed on the back end. They see dogs that have a, a lower lower stature. Anyway, that's what the doctor said. They, they tend to have that type of disability. It come, It just came all of a sudden. He used to be able to hop up in the bed with me and we'd play. And then one day he just couldn't get up there. I said, what's wrong with you, Jackie? And I took him to the vet and that's what they said. And it was going to cost an enormous amount of money for surgery. And then we're going to have to teach him, they said, how to use the bathroom again. So mm-hmm. I couldn't let him go through all of it.
7: But, well, I, Jack, I'd like to say thank you because you said he gets in the bed with you and that's something my Nico always used to do with me. Some people have issues with dogs. Uh-uh, getting- he
2: lay on the foot of the bed. Jackie was cool. And you know what too? I had taken him to some of our uh, uh, friends that had, were paralyzed you know and, and lo and behold he would lay on their on their legs and stuff and, and they could feel you know Jackie he had a marvelous spirit. And for this to this day, since I just don't want to fall in love with no more dogs, cause it's too heartbreaking, like mm. losing your best friend, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I really thank you. Did you have some pictures or something to show us today? No, I didn't, cause I wasn't
7: aware that I would be speaking on it. But I definitely have pictures, um, cause like just like Monica, I'm heavily involved in adaptive sports and um things but i wanted to say i hope i don't put monica out there but i wanted to say that one of the reasons that i'm where i'm at today is because of monica gilmore she was our district director and when i just was new to the bba and going through my hard times as um, female veterans um suffering from um military sexual trauma it was oh. people like Monica that stepped up and said you're going to be okay and, and kind of took me under her wing and encouraged me to take on leadership positions and that's why um, I feel like I'm just sitting in front of this video and speak freely like I am today because a year or two wow. ago Monica could tell you I was a nervous wreck I couldn't really speak and I couldn't share like I do and now um, I, I'm out there with because of that and because of Calvin I think I've grown mentally physically and emotionally and I'm able to actually sit here and even speak about Nico um because I used to be in tears with it and and it just mm-hmm. we've learned we've grown together and I think um being um visually impaired minority female single parents right. there's a bond and a and a black female veteran that we have that you can share that nobody can break and right. mine,
2: that is so amazing and
7: Wait. then the other thing that Monica does, she didn't mention, is her, her um, she sends out a lot of Instagrams um, and videos and prayer reminders, and just, she, she lifts you up, and she, she doesn't have to speak on the phone, she sends out a lot of things that, that spiritually lifts us up, and keeps that's us, so wonderful. and so well, that's, I just bring that this,
2: up. This project is, and our organization is led by God, so mm-hmm. I really thank you so much, Monica, you Also, you girls are just amazing. And of course, our Captain Pooh,
6: if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't know about your amazing (laughs) things. So (laughs) Consuela. Also, hey, Consuela also monitored the reason why I'm here as well. She kind of threw me in the fire as well on the (laughs) leaf. Did she really? Yeah, so we wanna... got
2: to have Monica involved in what we're doing too, Monica. You're so amazing. People, I want our viewers and our listeners to know just how active our blind veterans are, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the stories we've had guests that come on the show, uh, veterans guests, and some of the stories was just amazing. You never would think, you know, going in the military that they come out with so many mental wounds mm-hmm. along with physical disabilities, so. People should know that. And I'm extremely excited to have had you girls on the show. And I want you back now. Let's don't leave us.
5: Mm-hmm. We got a lot to learn. People need to learn this, right. you know. I did want to share one thing, Ms. Consuela. Yeah, um, I, I also write music. And it's through Ooh. a program called Freedom Scenes USA that is available to any veteran um, to get involved in. And I'll share that information through email with you, but Freedom Scenes USA, I've been a songwriter for years now and just got back into it. And what they do is a um, nonprofit organization that helps veterans heal through music. And so we yeah. have, a, we have plenty of musicians. Some are Grammy award winning really? songwriters in the top 10 that help compile a song, create a song for the veterans.
2: Oh my and so God. I
5: definitely um, want to mention Freedom Scenes USA. they have a women's veterans trailblazer banquet coming up in in tennessee chattanooga tennessee november the 5th
2: mm-hmm. um,
5: i'll share that information my facebook page is pettis branch p is in paul e is an egg t-t-i-s branch that's me okay. you will see my picture up there and i have a lot of um events that are coming up you know, directed towards veterans and their families, and so so you everyone can be involved. There's different things that I share. So oh, that's what I, I wanted to mention.
2: And I have to send you what we're doing too, because definitely needs your support and involvement.
5: Yes, so ma'am. I, really I appreciate you.
2: what you guys
5: are doing too. Oh, yep. thank, you
2: thank you so much. So much. And that's you great. know, you give a great presence. No one can really tell that you even have a visual impairment. Right? Problem. Can I
1: can I comment on on that, Monica? <laughs> So yeah. I just I have to just say I I'm just amazed at how like Dynamic. calm and cool and collective you are like and to hear these other two guests or friends of yours um just speak on how exactly you know, how, how cool helpful you were to just help them get through I you, you I would never have guessed you look just like you know you've handled all of the adversities that life has thrown your way in such a a beautiful way and inspired Hasn't. others to to do the same which is. You know i had just some thoughts kind of rolling through as you know um <clears throat> i'm also kind of dealing with some challenges that have resurfaced it resurfaced from my time uh in the military and so i'm just i may send you an email monica <laughs> <Please do. laughs> on one of these dark nights where it's like uh you know things just surface and sometimes yeah. it's like you need someone to you know bounce things off of so yeah i, I just it's wanted to comment thing. on that i i wanted to say that but- and I so like inspiring, it yeah, Chuck.
0: Uh, You know, I'm a musician as well, a songwriter.
2: Yeah. Been,
0: you know, I mean, you know, I. I you I, got
2: to I, hook up with
0: her. Yeah, and I write songs of every kind. You know, I'm not genre specific, so. Right. My Me music. Me neither. R and B, rock, salsa, reggae, golf, funk. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, gospel funk, you name it, I just do it, and uh, you know, and I take that. He has a
2: tell them about your band too.
0: I have a band, you know, and uh, you know, we're um it's called per se, P E R S E two words. Like, you know, I'm not I'm talking about them per se, you know. Um <laughs> but uh, you know, and I enjoy the the, the music part, you know, that's uh you know, it's a passion thing. And I teach a class to right. people who you know, um and so you know that that's the fun thing. Question I have for um all three of you, um, is there uh, what it or is it offensive to ask? You know, like, is there a percentage of your blindness that they, you know, like, that do you have? Do you have to be like classified or something like that? You know, like somebody say, oh, I'm 50% blind, or I'm, you know, is you know that's that's interesting to me how you know that's um, done, you know, or or is so it? I'll a answer-